Dusk fell, and the moon was still bright in the sky when suddenly the comet started its run, bright and burning, red across the sky, an omen of blood, a warning of fire. Appa was flying Katara and Zuko as fast as he could to the Fire Nation capital. The sky was a bright orange and red, and it was as if the entire world was cast aflame. The two of them were sat together on Appa's saddle, single-minded and focused on the task at hand. Zuko, don't worry, said Katara. We can take Azula. I'm not worried about her. I'm worried about Aang, he said. What if he doesn't have the guts to take out my father? What if he loses? Aang won't lose. He's going to come back, Katara replied as she looked toward the horizon. He has to. As they made their way through mountains and seas, crossing nearly half the world again, just to make it to the Fire Nation capital in time. She never had the chance to truly process where it was that she was going. A young woman of five and ten of the Southern Water Tribe now, flying towards enemy lines so her friend might claim his throne as Fire Lord. She was beyond her scope of comfort, going headfirst into the belly of the beast, to the homeland of the enemy who... For so long, she had resented so much until she learned that many of them had suffered just as much as anyone else has. Soon enough, the silence between them grew to be too much to bear. You seemed surprised when your uncle told you that you'd have to be Fire Lord. She tried. It caught me off guard, he said. How come? You're the crown prince, right? You should have known it was your destiny. Not at first, he explained, turning his head to look at her. Uncle is my father's older brother. He was the rightful heir. Until I was eleven, I was only fourth in line to the throne. And for so long, I wasn't even considered eligible because the sages had thought I wasn't a firebender. What happened? My cousin, Luten, died during my uncle's siege of Basingse. Uncle wasn't the same after that. And your father? That's when it all happened with your mother? It was, he said, taken aback. I'm surprised you remember. So, up until you were eleven... You lost your mother and became crown prince all in a day? A lot can happen in a day. I guess you're right. Do you want to be Fire Lord? Truth is, I, I, I don't know. He answered. He turned his head toward the horizon, seeing nothing but more sea as they flew over the water. I don't know what I want. A pause. He looked down at her direction, not quite looking at her. He licked his lips and cocked his head. Well, maybe I do. But I know my duty. 
My family started this war. We've hurt the world so much that whatever I do will never be enough to make up for it. If I were Firelord, I could start us on the right path, I guess. But I just know for sure that this hate and violence, it has to end with me. Katara smiled and placed a hand on his shoulder. For what it's worth, I think you'll make a great Firelord, Zuko. I don't know about that, but I know I can't let it fall to Azula. Why did you pick me to come with you? Seriously? He said, twisting his head and giving her a puzzled expression. Katara, you do realize you're a prodigy, right? What? You mastered your bending element in less than a year almost by yourself. Even Azula can't say that. Toph is a master earthbender at 13. Toph had teachers pretty much all of her life. So did Azula. You're a natural. Your instincts are unbeatable. Zuko. I'm serious. I'm not saying that Toph isn't a prodigy too because she is. Anyone knows that. But Azula has fought more earthbenders than waterbenders since the North Pole was so closed off. You have her at a disadvantage, and Azula knows how to hit Toph where it hurts. In every fight you fought against my sister, you always had her on the defensive, which is unlike her. So of course I'd pick you. You're one of the most powerful benders I've ever met. For a moment, she was caught completely unawares. He'd stunned her speechless. Zuko may not have had a penchant for violence, though a gifted fighter he may be. But couldn't he see that he was brilliant? Born to lead? He shrugged his shoulders at her expression and kept his gaze focused, eyes front, and ready to see if they were just about by where the land met the sea and he'd know that he would be back home. I guess I never really thought of it that way, she managed to say. I'm honored that you trust me, Zuko. I am. A beat later, she asked, how do you feel? Like I'm about to burst into flame at any second, he said, closing his hands into fists. He breathed fire through his nose to release some of the tension, but he curled into himself as the comet affected him so. She reached up into the air and bent the water from a few clouds. She purified and cooled the water and gestured it to him. He drank it all without hesitation as she bent the water to his lips. Steam came from him as he finished it all, and he exhaled deeply as he let the water give him a little piece from the burning within. There's just... there's so much fire. Like the sun is inside of me and I just want to fight something just to get it out. And that's how every firebender feels right now? She asked, voice soft, concerned. The power of a thousand suns, he said. He looked at her, his gold eyes near watering, she noticed. Facing Azula will be more difficult this time. You did say I've had her on the run before. I know, and you did. But still, that doesn't mean you should ever underestimate her. Don't forget that she's a born prodigy too. She always has been. 
Is that why her fires blew? He nodded again. Nobody but her has ever been able to do that. Not even any Avatar in known history. Nobody really has an explanation for it. She's the most powerful firebender in Fire Nation history. And she's only 14. More powerful than even your father? He'd never admit it, but he knows it's true. Just because her fire's blue? He gave her a look and raised his brow. With a flip of his hand, he conjured a fire that floated just above his palm. It was brilliant and bright and very nearly impossible to look at. See that? He said, pointing at the very bottom of the fire. Where the flames was largely a mixture of oranges, yellows, and reds. She'd never noticed the tiniest bit of blue at the bottom of the fire. It's the hottest part of the flame. Apart from dragonfire, blue is the hottest, purest fire. With another flick of his hand, he extinguished the flame. There's so much raw power in her, but she's also cold and calculating. Ever since we were kids, her forms were always flawless. She's precise to a fault and clever and cruel and obsessed with perfection. She never misses her mark. She knows just how to hit where it hurts. With words or with fire, she never ran out of weapons in her arsenal. Zuko knew that all too well. Azula has no shame, and she knows exactly who and what she is. That's why her fire became so pure, unapologetic. Katara considered this. Azula was no ordinary firebender. This, she'd known long ago, but she never quite studied how to fight her any differently from any other firebender. Azula was also the only person she had ever seen generate lightning, and she surmised that that was something only the most powerful and most talented children of fire could do. Looking to the red skies and thinking of that blue lightning, Katara got an idea. She recalled how Zuko mentioned that his uncle had developed a new form of firebending by learning from waterbenders. Perhaps there was something about Azula and firebending that would come in useful if she ever needed it. Tell me more about her, Katara said finally. How she fights, how we can beat her. Well, Zuko started, shifting the way he sat. Uncle always told me to remember my basics, stand my ground, keep a level head, break the root. She listened attentively as the prince explained. All the while, he kept himself level with long, steady breaths, as if he were trying to distract himself from the added heat that comet made him feel within himself. That's the thing with Azula. If she's not in control, if she's not completely perfect, she can break. She can get too full of herself. That's why she's so good. She spent her whole life working to be nothing less than perfect. But with so much raw power and a need for perfection, it'd be easy to lose control of fire that way, especially now. 
Firebending comes from the breath. It pools in the stomach. You have to remember that. It's why training with it is so much stricter than other bending forms. Control is everything. From the breath? She asked. Zuko nodded. All it takes is one wrong move before the fire takes over. What about her lightning? You don't have to worry about that. I can redirect lightning just fine if she tries it on me. Well, whatever happens, she said, smiling at him. I'm with you. No, no, Lys. Oh, no. He said, starting to smile, too. His voice got soft and quiet suddenly at the reminder of their promise to each other. That's why I'm not worried about her. A large volcano grew larger and larger as they flew further and further into Fire Nation territory. Rocky and forested grounds became houses and buildings. The young crown prince had come home again. You are no longer my brother. He remembered his little sister saying, I'm about to celebrate becoming an only child. He remembered the play at Ember Island and how people cheered and hollered for his fiery demise. And yet, here he was, about to make a bid for the throne of Fire Lord against their beloved, though insane, princess. Zuko breathed deeply as more of the city came into his vision. There it is, Caldera City, he said as Appa flew faster and above the near-deserted urban area. The Fire Nation capital. The streets are all so... empty, Katara observed. No time for celebration. He guessed, as he looked toward the primarily abandoned streets himself. Every available firebender must be on the Fire Lord's invasion force. B but over there, do you see it? He pointed toward the largest structure that could be seen, which Katara knew to be the Royal Palace. There was a conglomeration of sorts that they could see, even from where they were flying. It's a coronation ceremony. Azula. Let's go get her, she said, nodding at him. Come on, Appa, he said, brandishing his reins. Time to get back my throne. By decree of Phoenix King Ozai, said a fire sage, a kneeling young Azula just before him. I now crown you, Fire Lord. Phoenix King? Katara muttered next to him. And you guys thought I was dramatic. Appa, yip yip. Appa groaned loudly, and all of the sage's eyes went skyward to see his arrival. Then, so did Azula's. Sorry, but you're not going to become Fire Lord today said Zuko as he jumped from Appa to the bottom of the staircase, just beneath where his sister was being crowned. I am. 
Katara followed suit from behind him, though her entrance was not quite as theatric. Azula laughed, high and condescending. <laughs> You're hilarious, said Azula, flippant and disinterested. And you're going down, said Katara, standing by Zuko's side. The Fire Sage, not knowing what to do, was still holding on to the five-pronged headpiece, dangling it above Azula's head. He nearly lowered it to her topknot, continuing with her coronation, until Azula raised a hand and gestured for him to stop. Wait! You want to be Fire Lord? Fine she said, rising. The Fire Lord's cloak that she wore was ill-fitting and far, far too large for her smaller frame. It nearly swallowed her whole. From where Katara stood, she already knew that the princess looked rattled. Her usually pristine hair stuck out in odd places and her posture, usually so composed and graceful, now skewed, and the way she shifted was uneven. Let's settle this. Just you and me, brother. The showdown that was always meant to be. Agni Kai! The two of them frowned at the princess. Katara certain that Zuko would never- You're on, he said, before she could even finish thinking. Katara's heart dropped as she turned to face him in her concern. She did not then see the cruel twist of Azula's lips into a smirk at the sight of it. What are you doing? She whispered at him. She's playing you. She knows she can't take us both, so she's trying to separate us. I know, but I can take her this time. He replied, steady in his rage and even in his deliverance. But even you admitted to your uncle you would need help facing Azula. She argued. Before the both of them, Azula only smirked more, feeling haughtier with every passing moment. There's something off about her, he said as he kept his eyes on his sister. I can't explain it, but she's slipping. In this way. He trailed off and looked at Katara. No one else has to get hurt. She considered it and nodded. The fight was on. The fight that was about to transpire between this brother and sister was one that would build a nation. One of these siblings would raise the nation higher in honor, allowing peace and love to reign in his stead. The other would raise it to the ground until she was queen of the ashes where nothing could ever hurt and leave her heart again. As the two of them took their positions, Katara waited by Zuko's corner in the event that he might need her. He'd once explained to her that, sometimes, an Agni Kai might be lethal, and there was no chance that she would let him die on this day. Not if she had anything to say about it. The stands were practically empty at this historic battle between siblings, all but for Katara and the other fire sages who'd kept to themselves. From the other end of the court, where there was no one to wait on her, Azula rose and took off the Fire Lord's robes with a theatrical flourish of her hand. 
I'm sorry it has to end this way, brother. She said, no remorse in her voice. As he rose and assumed the fighting stance, he exhaled deeply and looked at his sister and said, No, you're not. A cruel smirk was born on her lips, and as the two siblings were poised against one another, there was a split second of absolutely nothing. And then, an eruption of everything. The fire they created was unlike anything that Katara had ever seen before. It was brilliant as it burnt, heat coming from every edge, and the flames were fiercer than anything she had ever seen. It was as if she were standing close to two suns, just about ready to explode and consume everything else that surrounded it. Her blue fire was met with the defensive wall of his red, both towering like tidal waves before them. The siblings moved with a dancer's grace, but a dragon's ferocity. Where Azula kicked and leapt into the air, creating flame after flame after flame, as if hoping that one of them would land a strike on him, Zuko kept to his root. While Azula's fires may have shifted him further back, he was as good as unshakable. Immovable. The young princess allowed her fire to move her where she will, and she flitted about the court like a blazing blue hurricane. Zuko anticipated her every attack and met it blow for blow. All the while, the intensity of the flames they produced have rendered many of the surrounding buildings aflame. It was all the fire sages could do to tame these casualties as they sprung, but the royal's fire knew no end. Try as Azula might to strike her brother, she found that nothing of hers was landing where she wanted. He blocked and defended her every move. When his fire reached the staircase behind her, she leapt into the air and spun a large tail of blue flames at him that he met with a shield of his own that he surrounded himself with, met with her blue, and let it extinguish around him. She started taking swift, heaving breaths as she took her paws. Zuko did not stop, however, as he moved and mimicked a punch to the ground, creating two intertwining comets of his own that were aiming straight for her. She jettisoned her way out just in time, and only barely made it out by the skin of her teeth. She punched wildly at him, her flames followed in suit, but he launched himself high into the air and kicked a shield of fire at her attack that he anticipated. Carried by her flames, she circled him like a vulture to try and catch him unawares, but he was too alert, and he knew her too well to find himself off guard. He had been fighting Azula nearly all of his life. He knew to watch his back when he was fighting her. But her spinning had given him a quick idea. He dropped to the ground and spun a wheel of fire as she jettisoned toward him. She hadn't been prepared for his sudden offensive, and so she was knocked to the ground. Her hair had come undone, and her labored breath had turned practically feral. The way she looked at him looked as if she were about to strike a lethal blow. Katara ran a bit closer, ready to offer aid at the first chance she could get. No lightning today? He taunted, the adrenaline superseding his rationality, for he should know better than to taunt his sister. What's the matter? Afraid I'll redirect it? Ah! You lightning! 
The thing about lightning redirection is that it is based in a simple principle. You turn your opponent's energy, their strengths, against them. And you should never, ever let it hit your heart. So he didn't. As clever as he might sometimes be, he was often just a half-step behind, always a little bit too late. That was the case then. It was not often that Zuka was right about something. Miscalculating Azula is one of the many things that he gets wrong all the time, and this was no exception, though he might get partial credit, because Azula always knew where to hit, where it hurts. You turn your opponent's strength against them. When Azula aimed for Katara, Zuko didn't think. He simply ran. When the lightning hit him, he did not yell for his lost honor. He did not yearn for his crown or mourn for his country, his people, or his family. When he catches Azula's strike in his heart, instead he yelled out no. No, he thought. Not her. It practically happened in slow motion. Though, in hindsight, it took nearly no time at all. Zuko fell to the ground, shaking from the electricity of Azula's lightning hitting him in the chest when he dove in front of her. He'd gone as limp as an electrified thing could be, like a ragdoll, like a corpse. She did not have the luxury of going into shock, and immediately she bent water to coat her hands as she ran to him. Zuko! She exclaimed, but Azula's blue fire got to her first. She jumped away as lightning struck where she stood. She didn't see Zuko try to lift himself up, his hand reaching out to her, wanting to help her. Azula struck lightning at Katara again, and she ran toward the columns to shield her from the blows. I'd really rather our family physician look after little Zuzu, if you don't mind. More fire rained down at her from above, and she felt the heat of it on her sides while the pillar protected her somewhat, for Azula had managed to get herself on top of the roof. Katar saw, at the corner of her eyes, the sages almost want to approach and stop the battle from going on, but they were too fearful of the young princess to go through with it. Zuzu, you don't look so good! She taunted at her brother as Katar appeared from behind the pillar. Azula struck lightning at the pillar again, and it exploded at the force of her strike. She ran to another pillar that was near a large container of water. She bent that to a large whip to try and knock Azula off the roof, but she was already gone by the time the water struck. The next thing she knew, Azula was propelled on blue flames behind her, coming after her. Her hands bent water into frozen waves that she bent herself to surf through. She bent waves swiftly and as furiously as she could, as if her life depended on it. And it did. She stumbled into the sewer drains and saw the water and the chains. What did Zuko say about her? She thought to herself. What did he say? Don't underestimate her, he'd said. Firebending comes from the breath, he'd said. Break her root, he'd said. Suddenly, she knew what to do. She took the chains into her hand and waited for Azula to come back. She stood right above the drains as the princess made her approach. There 
everyone filthy peasant! said Azula as she walked leisurely toward the waterbender, lethal in her rage. Breathe, she told herself. And then Katara struck with four simultaneous water whips. Azula jumped forward to shield herself, not seeing the chains Katara was holding. And just as she exhaled a breath and assumed the stance to inhale again and generate lightning to deliver a killing blow, Katara inhaled deeply and moved her hands up and covered the pair of them in solid ice, breaking the firebender's root. She exhaled, making the water around herself into liquid as she moved about the block of ice to manipulate the chains around Azula's hands, chaining her to the drains beneath them. The princess is pliant in her hands, unable to fight back, and by the time Katara brings the ice down, the girls both cough as they try to reclaim air back into their lungs. Making sure that Azula was secure and defeated in the chains, Katara ran to Zuko. Zuko was still trying to crawl his way to her despite his weakened state, and she rolled him to his back so as to rest her water-covered healing hands on top of the injury on his chest. Her hands glowed atop his wound, and he cringed at the sensation, but soon relaxed under her touch. Thank you, Katara. He whispered weakly. Tears welled up in her eyes at the sound of his voice. I think I'm the one who should be thanking you. Zuko got to his feet with Katara by his side, and they both looked at his defeated sister. Azula roared like a broken, wounded animal, fire erupting from her mouth as she breathed fire. Her cries were sounds that would haunt the both of them for the rest of their lives. So terrible were her wails as the young, unbeatable princess had finally fallen. He thought that she had never sounded so young. He looked at her as she started to lose her mind well and truly, rolling about and exhausting herself as she was chained helplessly to the ground. He started to limp and walk away when he and Katara were greeted by the fire sages. Your Majesty. The fire sage addressed him. By rights, Azula has forfeited the duel. Her honor and her claim to the title of Fire Lord by firing at a civilian. You have won, and the throne is yours, Fire Lord Zuko. Thank you. He replied, nodding once, already assuming a regal stance. He cringed, coughed, and covered his middle with his arm. He nearly stumbled, and Katara helped him gain his balance, worry in her features. She watched his face as he continued to give his orders. Take my sister to isolation. Let her calm down and cool off. She, uh... He said, coughing again and swallowing it back. 
She will be given her proper sentence for her war crimes. He started coughing again, more violently than before, doubling over. He rested his weight on Katara's shoulder and another fire sage came to his other side to help him up. Zuko! Your Majesty! Get the medic! I've got it! Katara yelled at them. Her blue eyes met his gold, and she saw that he was afraid. Her voice softened as she regarded him. I don't... I don't feel so good. He said. He coughed up once more. Darkened blood on his palm now. Charred and congealed blood on his lips. Upon seeing the blood, his teary gold eyes looked at her, and she saw him shake his head ever so slightly. Katara, he whispered. His eyes rolled to the back of his head as he coughed once more and fell. Zuko! She said as she caught him in her arms, and she fell to the floor with him, cradling his head on her lap. Her heart was racing as she bore witness to this harrowing sight. Time practically stopped. She brushed his hair out of his eyes as she muttered, No! No, 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 no! No, she thought. Not him.